All right, that time, the Anything But Quiet Time podcast presented by Compassion International. I like this song just fine. It's fine. It's our little intro music. I want to do something else. What? I want to do this. It's the final podcast. It, Feel that? It is. It's the it's final, final one podcast. of the year. Just of this year. The final podcast. <laughs> yeah. This is a terrible, terrible it's reenactment. It's going to be a good podcast, yeah. though. So don't let the first 20 seconds steer you wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they say first impressions are important. That's uh, right. No, we're so excited you're here. Maybe it's through Hope on Demand. Of course, you can find out more about Compassion International there. You can also find great articles and uh, videos and resources from mm-hmm. Christian artists. Speaking of which, Christian artists, John Cooper. The lead singer of Skillet. Yes. He has a new book. Uh, he also has a podcast called Cooper Stuff, and he's going to join us at the beginning of 2021. I think it's great timing. I think it's God's timing because we're entering a new year. That's usually the time where we go, huh? Resolutions. Boldness. What do you, think? you want b- boldness yeah. is what he's going to speak on, and man, is it is it good? So the fourth, in a couple weeks from now, it'll be the episode on the fourth. John Cooper from Skillet will be with us. But right now, we're going to boldly talk about what's wrong in the nativity. Whoa! How's that for just ripping the Band-Aid off? All right, this is Christmas Traditions Revealed, and we've had some fun with some of the, you know, even the mainstream ones, Christmas trees, Christmas carols, Santa last week. Yes. And now here we are at the reason for the season, but you're going to shatter our world a little bit. Is it too much to ask for when you say Christmas Traditions Revealed for you to do the thing? <sighs> you want the explosion Pull it up sound on effect? YouTube. Okay, all right, hold on. You want to do the voice? Yeah. You ready? Okay. Okay, and say, now say it. Christmas traditions revealed. I need to get a better explosion. Is it not sound getting effect. better? It's it's okay. Come that on. got better. That got better. Just we had four <laughs> chances, <laughs> and we blew them all up. Uh, so no, okay. The, the, you have some. You have yeah. some even myths, if you will. I believe. Oh yeah. Yeah. These are things that you've been told since you can remember that are not true. And I think some of them you could probably guess. Do you want to try guessing some of them? Just like list them off and then we'll get into further detail. Um, I know I have a couple of uh, on this list that I have too. Oh. But one I think that is is somewhat common knowledge. It was throw it all out there. Uh, the wise men were not there the night that okay. he was born. Definitely. That's they, one. He would have been, they would have been there a couple years later. Mm-hmm. Uh, what you else? Want a couple more? Sure. Um, well... I know there's some sort of some some funkiness with the innkeeper. Okay. It's not it's not like we say it. Right. Um and okay. then I'm trying to think of what else without ruining too many of them. Well, I mean we're not ruining them now. I mean unless of course we just blew your world away again. Hold on guys. I need a second. Cuz the wise men are there in the nativity. We set it up that way. Well, do you want to start off with the wise men? Sure, let's start off with them. Okay. They weren't there. <laughs> well, not there. They were there eventually, but not probably in the stable. They saw a star. These were astronomers. Uh-huh. No, probably astrologer would be more accurate. Okay. So this is where people find and define meaning for their lives through what is happening in the celestial world. And I mean, horoscopes have been linked to this types of studying. and um, But the wise guys also known as Magi. Uh, We've shared this before in a different Christmas series on our podcast about who they really were. They were commonly found in uh, the palace with kings. They were the the go-to guys. And they shared tremendous knowledge with each other. And so this discovery in the sky of the star 
sent them out to discover, all right, where's this king that we know is going to be born because it was foretold mm -hmm. and they had it in writing. Uh, and, and we know from just the little we can piece together, um, we read about Magi in all sorts of situations, including in the, in the palace of the Persian people. And Esther was in the Persian palace. She was married to Xerxes, Esther being a Jewish queen. And so they would have had knowledge of some of the Jewish culture. They would have had access to information. And so this is stuff that they passed along and down the road to each other. And they would have known about the prophecy of a child that would be born. Hmm. And I think that's just fascinating. And they followed the star and we know that they probably would not have been there on his birthday day. Some venture to guess that it might've been, he was in his toddler time because it wasn't yeah. too long after that, that Herod, after they had come looking for the King of the Jews, King Herod, that time, King of Israel under the leadership of Rome, um, he didn't want another King. Clearly he, he was the guy in charge. So these three resplendent looking guys coming into his courtroom saying, where's the king of the Jews? And then he discovers what they're talking about through the prophet. Um, I believe it's Isaiah. And Micah also speaks of Jesus being born in Bethlehem. Um, it was that tip off there that may lead us to think that Jesus was a toddler because soon after when the wise men find Jesus, worship him, give him the gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, uh, they do not return to Herod after he'd asked him to come back. Yeah. Let me know where I can find him. Nope. And clearly the gist of the story that we have is accurate, but it's just some of these things, like you even mentioned briefly three wise men, because it could have been. Yes, I did say that. But it might not have been. We know that there were three gifts, and so we immediately jumped to the conclusion of three wise men, so you're accurate in saying that's another myth that, I mean, just unconsciously. Came out of my mouth. Mm -hmm. I didn't even think about yeah. it. Yeah, and and but you could be right. We all could be right. I mean, but it could have been two. It could have been ten. Absolutely. We don't really know. They all pinched in together with their gift. And what you said <laughs> specifically too. And I want to say one more thing about the star that they followed. And we need to talk about Herod. And, and Herod why, too. Why the age of two? That's even. Why would he be a toddler? Why do you think that? Oh, that's fast. Okay, I want to know about this. Okay. Uh, so one thing on the star is just if you're listening to this the day that it, it comes out, mm -hmm. uh, apparently there is this, uh, for the first time in 800 years, Saturn and Jupiter will align. It'll be a, it'll look like a bright, they call it the Christmas star. Mm -hmm. And so you, maybe you caught that either earlier this week or last month, whenever you're listening to this, or maybe you're going to catch that tonight. Uh, but potentially, I, I mean, it could be. that has nothing to do with a myth, but that could be the scientific reasoning of what they were following. Clearly God uses nature every single day to speak to us and he he could have aligned it that way. Uh, it's a, it's cyclical. Absolutely, it could be. I know there's a lot of people going, no, no. Well, this was a phenomenon. It happened one time, and and if it did, of course, God is capable. He's God. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, but it's a neat thought. It's just you know, if you see, at least you'll you'll Beautiful. look at it and make you think about it. Oh. You know. Uh, but then also. We'll talk about the Christmas star in December, speaking of which, and you said they might have not been there on his birth date or birthday. His birth date might have been in June or July. You're getting ahead of it. Sorry. Okay. You're getting ahead of it. All right. Let's part. talk about Herod first. Let's backtrack to Herod. Why would he, why would we guesstimate that maybe the wise guys showed up when Jesus was around too? Remember the story of King Herod when the wise men did not return to tell him where Jesus was. Herod went out on a trip. And he, when I say out on a trip, he wasn't like physically on a trip. He just lost it, I think, because uh, he wanted that kid dead. Mm -hmm. And it even, it 
it's kind of reminiscent of what took place during Egypt. Right, with Moses. Mm -hmm. With the Israelite children, um, babies two and under, thrown into the Nile River, killed. Mm -hmm. uh, because there were just too many Jewish people and they didn't want them reproducing. I know that sounds horrible. That's the way that they were thought of as slaves, as dogs. And so, uh, yeah, King Herod didn't want this this Messiah, this king to take over. This was his kingdom, you know, Herod's kingdom. So he had um, the children in that area, two and under, murdered. And it, I mean, just, I can't even fathom that. Mm -hmm. But why would it be two and under? Because from the guesstimation of, you know, just the wise men being there and perhaps the star being in the sky for as long as it was, they guesstimated that, well, just to bit make sure. Yeah, yeah. Around in that time frame. So that's why I think it's kind of led us to that place of perhaps he was a toddler. Now, there could be more evidence or data behind the reasoning, but that, that's what I'm guessing is why. Yeah. Um. So then, okay, do you want to jump to the date of Jesus' well, birth? Well, let's do that, yeah. Let's do that. Well, how about we go to the shepherds? Shepherds. Okay. They're out in the fields with the sheep, right? Yeah. Dead of winter. No, no. Oh, that's interesting. That's yeah. not lambing season. Spring is lambing season. Huh. Isn't that fascinating? That That's like, one, you know, one of those that's under your nose the whole time. I never even thought about it. Like oh, that. I didn't either. I knew about the myth <laughs> that we don't know the exact time. I didn't realize... <laughs> There, yeah. There you go. It would have been green, you know? It probably would have been green. Now, some could argue, well, I mean, it still could have been winter. Maybe they weren't, it wasn't about lambing. Well, uh, they were really close to Bethlehem. They were really close to the capital of, like, I think it was like Lamb Central Station. Like, that's where you would go because we, they were just a few miles away. All aboard! <laughs> Lamb Central Station! <laughs> was more a goat that was a goat, it was a goat. <laughs> sorry but it, there was this area that was specifically where you'd go to get lambs for um for sacrifice for passover the passover lambs were birthed in that area right outside of bethlehem which was a few miles away from jerusalem and jerusalem being where the temple was where you would sacrifice the lamb and there's this incredible connection uh for when the angel in luke chapter 2 tells the shepherds you are going to find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. These were terms they were familiar with because the Passover lambs were wrapped. The mm -hmm. ones meant for sacrifice were wrapped in swaddling clothes and they were birthed in a stall called a manger. Hmm. Uh, it's fascinating. And so that information, they would have been like immediate connection to, oh my goodness, this is no ordinary child. Oh my goodness. Is this the one? This is the Messiah. This is the King of Kings. I, I think that's incredible. But yeah, the shepherds had this incredible role in, in the story and kind of give us a, a clue as to why it more than likely wasn't a winter time. And I believe what you just said about the Passover and all that, we've gone into pretty uh, lengthy detail in our Easter series. I believe it was our Easter series was about that. Well, it was last it was Christmas, Christmas that we went yeah. into that about the the process of all mm -hmm, that of and the how they, they choose and all that. Um, one thing that fascinates me that I, I had just read the other day from a couple that I found online uh, was that the, let me make sure I have it right here, that they didn't necessarily stay, uh, they, that he was not necessarily born in a barn or a stable. Yeah. 
this Isn't that being, interesting? This is being Jesus. A manger is a feeding trough for animals. Mm-hmm. However, these feeding troughs were also commonly used inside homes because the families would sleep upstairs while small animals were kept downstairs on cold nights. So that's another thing that kind of, I don't know if it makes you sad, but sometimes you're like, oh, but I grew up with the tradition and yeah. and that's okay. I think it's just fine. As long as we know that it was a, a humble situation, it was not a palace. Uh, and Joseph and Mary, I mean, we know even from their travels later, when it's described when they went to the temple with Jesus when he was just 12 years old, they went together. People traveled in groups. So it probably wasn't just Mary and Joseph. Yeah, we only we only think of them on that traveling trip. Traveling right. to Bethlehem. And there is a specific word that's used for an inn that was talking about the exchange of money and you're going to stay here and that's how it's going to work. That's not the word that was used when it says there was no room in the inn. It was actually a word that is it's more um, coincidental with you know staying with a family member or in the guest room of a house of a people who would have been expecting you. Your, your great aunt's cot out yeah. there in the, the room that's not air conditioned. Go stay on the available air bed. Right. You know, the... the they had no air pump. (laughs) You're on the waterbed. Exactly. Because you think of a manger, though, and you think of swaddling clothes. And again, if we're going to tie that back to what the shepherds knew about swaddling clothes, those kinds of cloths used specifically for lambs. It could have absolutely been a cave where they kept animals. It could have been a nativity-type situation. Mm -hmm. But... Um, it's not necessarily 100%. This is what it looked like. So we, we don't know. It'll, it's going to be so much fun in heaven. We'll be like, okay, Lord, now that we got all the fun stuff out of the way where I rode clouds and I ate a ton of brownies and I didn't get any weight. That's, I got to that's sit your down goal for heaven. Okay. And yeah. talk to all of my favorites. Yeah. I got some questions. You know, we're going to have eternity to talk with our sweet savior. It's, it's uh, very interesting. Uh, so you'll ride on clouds and eat brownies first. What I was going to do is just sit and listen uh, to Paul and to Peter. Oh. Not say, Jesus. Uh, well, I was, you know, I, I just feel like that That's would be right. good guys to listen to. You can to. hang out with Peter and Paul. Jesus and yeah. I are going to ride some clouds and eat some brownies. How okay. about that? Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm try a to, better Christian. I'm just saying apparently I'm more focused. Um, anyway. So the, the, the trip, how <laughs> did they get there? I, I think you've, I've heard you talk about this one before. Yeah. On the myth that we believe on how they, how Mary and Joseph got there. Well, you could call it a myth. You could call it a giant guess. And I love all the movies from Small One, Disney's classic, way back when, to the more recent one, The Star, where a donkey is involved, an animated donkey that makes your heart swell and cry every time. Uh, I love that, but it's not mentioned in the Bible, so we don't know that there was a donkey, but I think about it this way. It's like, okay, you, Carter, have had a pregnant wife. You have been around a woman that is about to bear a child. Yeah. Are you going to make her make a trip that could go up to a week, if not more, on foot. I'm going to tell you this right now. That's a lose-lose. <laughs> uh, I, I set her on the donkey right. on the wrong day. And my wife was lovely during pregnancy, but on the wrong oh. day. Um, it's so bumpy. Uh, I know, but would you rather... just You, you know what? It's, whatever, it's fine. <laughs> uh, well, would you rather walk? No, my ankles are swelling. Okay, so yeah. <laughs> I just like, yeah. that's a lose-lose, and God bless Joseph. And your wife has, <laughs> like, Skechers or right. New Balance, and yeah. Mary's dealing with those sandals. <laughs> They're not even the Jesus sandals, because he wasn't around yet. Oh, so it is just man. the sandals that they wore. Um, so, yeah, potentially, they did it on, they hoofed it on foot, or 
they had a donkey. Um, clearly, they stayed in Bethlehem for a time period uh, because the wise men found them in that area. They did not immediately go back to Nazareth. And it's like, well, why wouldn't they go back to Nazareth? Maybe there was concern about traveling with an infant, uh, being that young, being vulnerable to the elements. Perhaps it was um, they were concerned about, well, Mary and Joseph just got married. They were, it's interesting also, here's something else. We read about he, she was betrothed. They were engaged to be married. Well, in the cultural times, they were, in all, for all intents and purposes, they were married. They, they were married. So that's something else that's fascinating. It's kind of a, a myth. Well, they weren't yet married. No, they, that's why they I traveled together. You're my wife. We have to go back to the town where I was born. They had gotten born. married somewhere in between her this, you know, Jesus' birth and uh, and her hearing the news from Gabriel. Yeah, and, and Gabriel's like, go ahead and take Mary as your wife. Mm. And uh, the only restriction being, do not take her as your wife in the sense of, all right, um, let's have more kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You need to put that on hold until after Jesus is here. Anyway, you want to move on to the next one? Well, I do want to say. Wait, you got something else? I heard a great, not a myth, but I heard a, a pastor on Sunday talked about how we'll have these plans and God, come along and bless this thing. God, uh, I, I got this idea. God, we, we fit into this idea, this goal that I have, this mm-hmm. dream. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times God will have a better plan. <laughs> and, uh, you think? Uh, he'll always have a better plan, but sometimes you aligned and sometimes a lot of times you didn't. Yeah. And here Mary is becoming a disgraced person in that culture to be pregnant, not married, mm-hmm. becoming a disgraced person for the good news of Jesus and saying, yes, Lord. And so just understanding of when your plans are ruined, God, God's got something better. Oh, yeah. And clearly God had something better in this this situation. So Absolutely. What, what's another myth? You got one more, a couple more? Well, yeah, I do. And you might not like it. Okay. But I'm going to blow your mind right now. And I'm going to tell you that the angels were not singing. Okay. Uh, it's, it's been fun. Uh, enjoy the, Carter. the rest of the... Carter. All right. I'm going to be... I need you to sit down. I need you to understand that when Handel was writing the Messiah and he was envisioning the Hallelujah Chorus, it wasn't in regards to this particular situation. So we know that we know that the angel has appeared now multiple times. Uh, I encourage you, we did have that Christmas series a year ago, and it goes through, we went through like the, the 12 days of Christmas. Mm-hmm but it was about the birth of Jesus. And we got to go into detail with these different encounters with the angels. And uh, Gabriel was the main messenger angel. Angel, He's an archangel. And this archangel's first words to Mary and to everybody else he talked with was to fear not because these were impressive beings. And it would have been breathtaking in that moment to all of a sudden have this person in front of you that does sort of look like a guy, but... It's way different than a guy because he's he's very impressive in stature. Yeah. You knew that you were in the presence of something that had just been in the presence of the Holy of Holies. This yeah. Is, this is an impressive figure. And so he had to tell, fear not. Don't be afraid. But he brings glad tidings, which is for all people. Unto you is born this day in the city of David, which is Bethlehem, a Savior, Christ the Lord. And you will know him because what? This is going to be a sign to you. And that's why I love the whole swaddling clothes and lying in a manger part because he says this will be a sign to you. Okay, right. That he will have this, this will be a thing. You'll see him in the manger. 
And then it says suddenly the, the sky is full of the heavenly host saying glory to God in the highest. And there's not a translation that says singing? Every Christmas musical, I think, has made this translation. <laughs> <laughs> and it, you know what? It's kind of like the Christmas star that you were talking about. It could be. Uh-huh. Well, why not? If you have the chance to sing about the birth of the king, would you not do that as opposed to just stating it? Glory to God it, in the highest. It reminds me yeah. of those uh, in the hymnal, in the Baptist hymnal growing up, there would be um, reading parts and not songs. Mm. And the pastor would say it and we'd all repeat it as the body in a monotone voice. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what that kind of honestly reminds me of. Yeah, and, and clearly this was a celebration. The Bible even tells us that when one person on this planet gives their life to Jesus and says, yes, I'm in, I believe that all of heaven rejoices. Mm-hmm. This is not... This is not a crowd that doesn't get into life. It, it, it's all about life because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Mm-hmm. So there is, whoo, blood is pumping. This yeah. is good. Yeah. Here's another one. Um, something that I, I think we need to touch on is most every single depiction of Jesus, uh, clearly from Europe, which we have great influence from Europe in the United States, is depicted as a white Jesus. Right, yeah. And we all know that he was Jewish, which would have made him dark in color, and he would have had darker hair and darker eyes more than likely. I mean, every once in a while, my husband's family, he's uh, Mexican, and he has in his family, and this really surprised me, as a white woman, I was like, you have family that have blue eyes? Like bright blue eyes. Okay. And that should not be, I mean, I was very young when I got married, and I'm like, oh, goodness, every culture, no matter how dark you are, can have any color of eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought that was fascinating to me. Uh, however, more than likely, you know, he was in, he was born in that region of our world and they were darker complected. Their hair was thicker and it would not have looked like this, this baby that we see in Renaissance art paintings, things like that. Uh, not to take away from those particular artists, they painted what they knew. Yeah, I guess that's true. And you see that even if you go into different cultures in in Africa or other places, they paint what they know. They draw what they are familiar with, as we all tend to do. Um, we relate things to where we're at, you know. And so just, just keeping that in mind. Uh, one that I've heard that <clears throat> is, I don't know if it's widespread, but certainly I've heard this here and there. Baby Jesus never cried. He, oh, ne- he never, night. never cried. He was so quiet and he was peaceful. And where do we get that? Because he was without sin. And apparently a lot of moms have related babies <laughs> nonstop crying to sin. That's the thing. I think uh, even the thing about Jesus getting older, he was without sin. Yes. But he sneezed and burped and stubbed his toe. Okay. I'm really glad that you're bringing this up because honestly, Carter, I get so much comfort, so much peace. From the passages in Hebrews specifically that talk about he he's able to empathize with us. We have a high priest who's able to empathize with us on every level because he's experienced what yeah. we've experienced. He's experienced grief, betrayal. I know he skinned his knee. I know he experienced, you know, I, I've seen different movies depicting him as a guessing as to what he would have been like as a young 
Messiah. Because yeah, we don't know a lot, right? And 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 discovering who he was in God. How did that all how did that all unfold? Did he automatically know? I mean, until heaven again after brownies and cloud writing, mm. I'm gonna ask my savior some amazing questions, right? And how did when did you first discover? Or did you just always know? But if he did fall down and scrape his knee, then that means there were days where Jesus might have been clumsy. Yeah. You know? I, it's it's it, fascinating to to think about that stuff. He asked for fish to prove to the men after he had died that he was real flesh and blood. He said, give me some fish. I'll prove that I'm not a ghost. Mm-hmm. So that mm-hmm. means he ate. Right. So wait, if you're a perfect being, why should you consume things if you already have everything that you need? He, yeah. he needed sustenance like a human being. He was flesh and right. blood. He discovered life along the way. He knew what it was like to be sad. We saw him in the garden before dying, you know, sweat drops of blood that could only be caused by the most stressful of circumstances, you know? Yeah. Anxious ridden places, but he was without sin because he chose to always submit to the will of the Father. So I refuse to believe that it was a quote, silent night. I love the song. But cry, baby Jesus, because you came to experience what it was like to put on human flesh. Mm. And that would have been a part of the experience. That's so good. And and uh, more into why we what we celebrate and, and what we know. And hey, these great conversation starters. Right? You can talk to anybody about, well, did, did you, you know? know? There's a nativity you know, set any, outside anybody's house. But I'm just going to warn you. If your Aunt Mabel just bought that brand new, super expensive olive wood straight from Israel Nativity and it's in a stable and you say, "Uh -uh." (laughs) uh-uh, you're going to get some backlash. (laughs) All right. So, again, this uh, podcast, the Anything But Quiet Time podcast, uh, powered by Compassion International. And and speaking of kids, we're talking about babies. Uh, Mm -hmm. Other countries that so many kids don't have the same opportunities as you do or your kids do. And so with $38 a month, you can help power a kid's future. I mean, you get them the food, help them with the education, uh, and of course, the the message of Jesus, because Compassion works through the local church, yeah. and even Christmas productions like Belveth was talking about. Yeah, Belveth, she is apparently part of a Christmas skit, which I loved being a part of those when I was a kid. And... I saw the present that she received from her sponsor and I thought, oh, for a person of the theater, I bet she really appreciated them. They were those little ballet looking shoes, yeah. those slippers, and she needed them desperately for school. But I, I can imagine if she's one of those people not afraid to be on stage in front of others, then there's that that pageantry almost to her. And she would have loved receiving shoes that look like they belong to a dancer. You know. Well, you think about their their future with their career, mm-hmm. you know, and I think when I we got to go to, with the compassion to Africa uh, a few months ago that you don't think you just think about the tangible needs. And that's so important. But these kids want to go to college. They want to do something they want. You know, we met a, a woman that started her own clothing business because she was able to go to school and get the proper things she needed Amazing. to be able to do that. I mean, they dream just yeah. like everybody else. Absolutely. And again, it's so important to to in some way try to empathize and and see life through their eyes and go what would be a blessing on this precious family uh, she lost her daddy mm-hmm. he died and that left her mom with three kids no husband she was very honest when compassion asked she's like look i I've, this has been a struggle i got angry at god why did he take my husband away you know he helped provide for our family i loved him and she said but and i loved her words she said but I know that God has a purpose and a plan. And I'm sure that the sponsoring of one of her children 
has been such a huge support and blessing in the midst of all of that. I know she's she's been grateful to God for that. This has been Hope Notes with Compassion International. And to find out more, you can uh, see uh, there the link there at HopeOnDemand.com, of course, with the other great resources for your life. But maybe it's an opportunity to be giving by the end of this year and think about sponsoring a child through Compassion. By the way, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.